0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire blue wire. That's harrys.com bluewire blue wire for a $3 trial set.
1: Today on Not Sam Wrestling, how many belts does Roman Reigns need? Why Brock Lesnar may be the greatest to ever do this thing? What's the deal with AEW's new TV deal? And so much more. This is Not Sam Wrestling
0: is not Sam Wrestling, not
1: Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host, from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh, baby, welcome. Here we go, happy day. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Hope everybody's ready for this one, because it is gonna be a doozy. What are we, 477? Something like that. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling, and leave it to edge to disappoint me again, and I will tell you why. You know, part of the feedback that I get on Not Sam Wrestling, whether it's in the Discord room from the Patreon subscribers, whether it's in YouTube comments down below, whether it's on Apple Reviews or whatever, is this thing where I will... uh, tell you what I'd like to see happen. Fantasy book, I think they call it. And then people, when I do it well, sometimes I do it very poorly, but when I do it well, people will get disappointed and they'll go, you got my hopes up. And then they came crashing down and I go, what what, what are you so bad about? I'm just, you know, I'm just saying how I feel. I'm saying what I'd like to see. Well, I know the feeling now. Oh, too well, because this week, Edge did it to me. Now, uh, on SmackDown, We got the SmackDown side of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, which you all know I have extreme issues with the fact that there even is a SmackDown side of this tournament, but they made the best of it. They said if we're going to include SmackDown in this tournament for no reason, removing all logic from the reason we created this title, at least we can give you some barn burners. At least we can give you good matches. And one of those matches was the qualifying triple threat. Of course, Sheamus, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory is great. But I'm talking about the match that opened SmackDown, which was Edge, AJ Styles, and Rey Mysterio. So we're going to Night of Champions with Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. And I like it. You know, it's a match that I, I, I'm sure we've seen it before, but it's been a long time and certainly never in this context. Uh, and it was it's not predictable. I don't think people necessarily saw it coming. I think uh, we are looking at a Seth Rollins win here. I think that this this is what we're building towards. But I think there's a couple of things you can do. When you have a result that is fairly predictable, you can either give a big swerve, like we got at WrestleMania, where the Cody Rhodes win was fairly predictable, so they just said, screw it, let's break everybody's heart. Or you could give the result that you kind of know is coming, but have a great time getting there. And I feel like that's where AJ Styles versus Edge is going. Do I think AJ, I mean, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins is going. Do I think AJ Styles is going to win the World Heavyweight Championship? No, but I think that we're going to get a classic with Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. And I think that it is essential to the World Heavyweight Championship as a title. If you want it to have credibility from the jump that the first match for that title is is an all-time classic. I think that's how you're gonna have to identify that championship, is with excellent, excellent matches. The type of world title matches that fans have been clamoring for, the type of world title matches that we're just not getting with Roman Reigns because that's a different story that we're telling with Roman Reigns. I think that's what we're gonna get with AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. I think the timing is very good when it comes to doing a match like this because AJ Styles has been out of the world title picture for a long time. Justified or not justified, it's just not where he's been. So the fact that he was away with an injury means you can bring him back to a clean slate. And the fact that we are reintroducing AJ Styles as a main event championship contender is is an excellent use of AJ Styles being reintroduced to the roster because even if you don't have AJ winning this title, which theoretically would mean AJ goes back to SmackDown, which again, the fact that we're even having these conversations two weeks into the draft is why I'm not a fan of SmackDown being involved in this tournament. But that puts him in a position where now you're starting to build credible opponents for Roman Reigns. If this world heavyweight championship is going to find its home on Raw and it's going to have Seth Rollins as the champion and challenger stepping up to Seth, Who steps up to Roman Reigns that we haven't seen before? Who from outside the bloodline makes this world title scene? Obviously, we're not getting Cody Rhodes, right? So it's like, okay, now we've got Bobby Lashley. He was made to look like a monster in that World Heavyweight Championship tournament. AJ Styles comes out of that as a new, fresh main eventer. So that's two giant matches you're already building potentially for Roman Reigns Because, you know, the thought is he's going to be champion for like the next 13 years. We can only assume that that's the direction that we're headed in. So if Roman is going to hold that title for the next Baker's dozen years, we're going to need some challengers. Building two right there is a beautiful thing. Now, the reason I brought up Edge at the beginning of this conversation is because Edge, Edge, I knew it was you. You broke my heart. I'm sitting there, right? And in my head, I kind of thought that Edge would be the person that they would go with even before Edge cut this Instagram promo. But I just figured, okay, we'll revisit Seth and Edge and it'll just be a good, again, just like the AJ-Seth match. It'll be like, this will just be a classic match where Seth has to really beat a strong challenger to be crowned the first world heavyweight champion. But then Edge goes on Instagram and he cuts this promo. I hope you guys saw it. If you didn't, go over to Edge's Instagram because it's great. And you're sitting there going, "But that's exactly what they should do with the World Heavyweight Championship." Edge talks about how much the World Heavyweight Championship means to him. He says, "I've been hearing all about people's stories finishing the story. Well, how about this story?" Because, you know, I mean Edge's whole comeback run, still you've got you've got chapters but the book is the is the return of Edge. We are still living through this story of the return of a superstar that we thought would never wrestle again. Edge being back is still a miracle. And that hasn't fully been paid off, I don't think. And that's what Edge was referencing, except he was doing it by pointing out that, look, I know that people want the WWE Championship and Cody Rhodes story. He doesn't talk about Cody Rhodes story, but the reference that he's drawing from is Cody Rhodes' story is specifically not I want to come back to WWE and win a, a world title. Cody wants to win the title that his father never won. That is specifically the WWE Championship, which means that Cody winning the World Heavyweight Championship would not finish any story whatsoever. It has nothing to do with Cody's story. Edge, on the other hand, brought up a key point here. That when Edge left the WWE, he left on top. He left after, I want to say WrestleMania 27, and he left after a successful title defense of the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, it hasn't been made clear if this World Heavyweight Championship is going to draw from the lineage of the original, well, of the previous, I guess, World Heavyweight Championship, which at a point, it it, it was brought in that did that that did draw from the lineage of the historic world heavyweight championship the big gold belt does this new title draw from that lineage i think yes but regardless edge goes that's the title that i put down that's the story they're bringing back the world heavyweight championship that's the title that i want to pick back up furthermore and this is where it really got my juices going He says, my time's winding down. I only have so much more time to perform at the level that I want to perform at that makes holding that World Heavyweight Championship even a possibility. So what about this? What if I go out there and I win the World Heavyweight Championship? And when I lose it, I'm done. I'm gone. That's it. And I said, Edge, If you were selling used cars, I'd be walking out with a lemon or whatever it was that you were selling me because I am buying in. Damn it, Edge, give me the Ric Flair story. Remember how beautiful the Ric Flair story was leading up to WrestleMania 24? The reason Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels just rang so loud as the end of that story is because we spent months With Ric Flair. Ric Flair got the word. Look, you need to retire. Ric Flair goes, I'm not ready to retire. They go, look, fine. You don't want to retire, don't retire. But the next time you lose will be the last time you lose. The next time you lose will be your last match in the WWE. And he had matches with everybody. He had a match with MVP at the Royal Rumble that year in Madison Square Garden. He had all kinds of matches. And finally, it culminates with Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels didn't want to do the match at WrestleMania. Because he said, I go to WrestleMania to win, but I don't want to retire you. And Ric Flair said, if I can't beat you at WrestleMania, I can't beat the best. And that means I shouldn't be here anymore. And that's the story that we got going into WrestleMania 24. Now, give me that story with Edge. But heighten it by making it all about the World Heavyweight Championship. Can you imagine if we got the glory of not only Edge getting one more run as World Heavyweight Champion, but... Every single time Edge stepped in the ring to defend that title, it was a title versus career match. If it was made clear, listen, you're the world heavyweight champion again. Nobody thought it would happen. What are we, 27, 37, 38, 12 years removed from you putting that title down? A little more. 12 years later, you finally got that title back. But it'll never happen again because when you lose that title your career is over. Can you imagine the drama going into every Edge World Title match? Now you're sitting there going, "Well, if I think I could see Edge dropping the title here, but is this how he's going to end his career?" Can you imagine if somebody like Logan Paul is holding the money in the bank briefcase? He ain't going after Roman. So we have to sit there with this baked-in fear that Edge may lose his career and the WWE title to this prime sports drink salesman, to this YouTuber, to Logan Paul of all people. He may end Edge's career because he's got that briefcase and he could say that. Logan Paul could say that. You know what I have in my hands? Not only do I have in my hands the key to becoming the world heavyweight champion, of this organization, but I have in my hands the key to being the man that ruins your dreams and ends Edge's career. Ah, and it would just be floating. It would just be looming all the time. There would be this this sort of tension, you know? That's part of what makes storytelling really great is not just the story that you're telling at that moment, but this this un sometimes unspoken of underlying tension that's just always there. Edge has a big match with Seth Rollins. Can he beat Seth Rollins? If Seth Rollins wins that title, Edge's career is over. But also we never know when Logan Paul or Dominic Mysterio. What if Dominic Mysterio won the Money in the Bank ladder match? And we know that Dominic now has the key to ending Edge's career. How much would Dominic love to end the career of the man who held tag team gold with his father? One of his father's very best friends, somebody who watched Dominic grow up alongside Dominic's deadbeat father, Rey Mysterio. Now Dominic has the key to not only being the world heavyweight champion, but to end that man's career and rub it in his father's face. There's so much potential there. And if anybody can tell these stories, it's edge. I mean, I know we're not going to get it right now. (laughs) And again, I shouldn't even be talking. You know why I'm talking about this? Because I'm so disappointed that we're not getting it immediately. I need you guys to understand how amazing it would be so you can feel what I feel. I hope they rethink this. I don't know how they do. Because now Edge goes back to being a SmackDown superstar. So theoretically, the reason the World Heavyweight title exists is because nobody on Raw will have a shot at Roman Reigns' title. So Edge being on SmackDown won't have a shot at the World Heavyweight title. But I guess stranger things have happened. The Royal Rumble may be the great equalizer. Maybe Edge wins money in the bank so we can tell this story. However you got to do it, do it. Because I badly want Edge to tell this story of not only trying to hang on to that world heavyweight championship but hang on to his career beautiful it's shakespearean i mean it's 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 poetry that's what professional wrestling is speaking of of great storytelling now um i've said this before and i love that i think i think people are truly starting to open their eyes to it that Brock Lesnar low key is one of the greatest to ever do this thing called professional wrestling. There are so few performers that from not only an athletic and strength, but also a performance perspective come anywhere near what Brock Lesnar does. You know, when Brock Lesnar first got back to the WWE, uh, maybe not when he first, first got back, but after he beat the streak, a real resentment started to build towards Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar beat the streak and then he squashed John Cena and then he won the title and then he never defended the title and then he ended Kofi Mania and he did all these things that just upset people so much. I think that, that we forgot for a moment that, He's just really good at this. His job right now is to be that villain. His job is to make us hate him. And we did. I think that 2020 was probably, yeah, Royal Rumble 2020 was probably when people started to realize, oh, Brock Lesnar may be even better than I realized that he is. It all starts with the sell of that Claymore kick. The sell of that Claymore kick leaving Drew McIntyre standing victoriously over Brock, who's laid out on the floor in that baseball stadium for minutes, making it seem like a literal Claymore just came and took him out. It it made you realize, oh, Brock is very capable of making somebody look like a million bucks. He's just a businessman. He's just, knows what he's doing. He's not going to just give that up to you for no reason in particular. And I think that's when the wheels started turning. But really, I think Brock opened the most eyes in this most recent run. Coming back at SummerSlam, was it 2021? Yeah, SummerSlam 2021, after Roman's match with John Cena, when Brock came back And he took out, uh, uh, and, and and he let Roman Reigns know that he was back. And he started building towards winning the title at day one, going to WrestleMania with Roman, going to SummerSlam 2022 with Roman. But the key was that this was the first time since Survivor Series, not Survivor Series, since 2002, right? Brock Lesnar turned babyface for a hot second in the WWE when Paul, maybe it was Survivor Series 2002, when Paul Heyman turned on him and went with the big show. There was a minute there, but that was 20 years ago. It was the first time in 20 years where Brock Lesnar had played a babyface, And Brock Lesnar was such a villain in the most extreme sense of the word for so much time that I I don't think anybody ever thought that this would happen. But Brock Lesnar, coming out with that beard and that cowboy hat and those overalls. Brock Lesnar smiling. Brock Lesnar stopping for selfies with fans in the audience. Brock Lesnar going to the ring and doing the Paul Heyman impression. Brock Lesnar! I mean, it made people realize, oh my God, this was all inside that beast? This is what that beast was capable of? And Brock Lesnar became one of the most beloved superstars that the WWE had. Uh, Just like that. It took no time at all. He didn't have to convince anybody as quickly as Roman Reigns was able to turn heel when he came back in August of 2020. A year later, Brock Lesnar was able to turn babyface. Just as quickly, because he's that good, and he is this 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 beloved WWE character for a couple of years. People are buying flannels with his logo on the back of it, and then all of a sudden, the night after WrestleMania, he turns on Cody Rhodes. A couple of weeks later, he shows up to Raw in a black trench coat a black duster. And people are going like, oh, okay, I guess he's a villain now. But Raw, when he showed up the night after Backlash, that's when it became crystal clear that nobody is working on the level of Brock Lesnar. Because after all this time of being as beloved as Brock Lesnar has been, he showed up with that big black eye with the wound in the center of his head, putting his hands on Cody Rhodes. And he's as scary a you know what as you will see on television. There was nothing about Brock Lesnar that felt fun. There was nothing meme worthy about Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw when he went off when he went after Cody Rhodes. All of a sudden, this Brock Lesnar that we had spent all this time loving we were back to cowering away from. He had just done a complete 180. It a matter it's been a couple of weeks, it's been a handful of weeks since he was cheered. Even the Homo sapiens that went to WrestleMania to just cheer for the incredible Amos. They were everybody was cheering for Brock Lesnar. How do you not cheer for Brock Lesnar? Well, Brock Lesnar will make sure that you don't cheer for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is not one of these guys who's going like, yeah, I know I'm a bad guy, but you know, if you want to cheer for me, cheer for me. No, 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 no. Brock Lesnar will not allow it. Not only that, but if you really look at what's going on, and I hadn't heard a ton of conversation about this because I feel like Brock made it such a non-issue. Whereas most people, it would be the centerpiece of what was going on that it didn't even seem like it wasn't supposed to happen. There's that old Vince McMahonism: If it's live, you can't make a mistake. If you're doing a live show, everything that happens was supposed to happen. And that's what we got with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar pulls Cody Rhodes out of that triple threat. Best possible way to get Cody out of that World Heavyweight Championship tournament. And by the way, completely justifies the ending of the Backlash match in the sense that we don't want to have Cody lose because Cody already lost at WrestleMania. He can't start collecting losses. And you can't have Cody dominate the beast because there's no rematch after that. Once you dominate the beast, you dominate the beast, right? There's There's nowhere to go after that. So what do you do? You have Cody squeak one out, and then you have Brock Lesnar transformed 24 hours later, beating the soul out of the body. Of Cody Rhodes and when he shows up he says give me the microphone give me the microphone and he starts talking into the microphone but the microphone wasn't working microphone wasn't on house wasn't here in the mic TV audience wasn't here in the mic and Brock just kind of got it Brock didn't have an earpiece in there was nobody in the back telling Brock okay Brock the mic's not working you got to shift you got to do this Brock realized he wasn't here in his echo the crowd wasn't reacting So that's when Brock Lesnar grabbed the camera and started shouting into the camera. You know why he did that? Number one, to scare the audience at home. I was trembling. And number two, because cameras have onboard microphones. Cameras pick up sound. Brock started shouting into the camera to make sure that if the mic wasn't gonna work, that there didn't seem like there was any performance, that there wasn't any moment of like, oh, okay, take two, that it was Brock going, well, I'm going to keep destroying Cody here because this is the story that we're telling, but I have to get this message to the people that are watching Monday Night Raw right now. And so that's what he did. Started yelling into the camera because he's that level of pro. And then when he's just, when he's he's holding, when he's holding Cody, When he's holding him and he's saying, I want to fight. He didn't say, I want to match. He didn't say me versus you one-on-one. I want to fight. I want to fight. At night of Champions he's Batista spitting into the mic. Give me what I want. Man, when these big giants start spitting into microphones, you believe them. Batista got what he wanted. And apparently Brock Lesnar's getting what he wanted too. But the key to it at the very end, He's saying, who's the coward now? Beautiful. Because you go like this, right? Cody is the only person really in a rivalry with Brock Lesnar who has decided to go, okay, Brock, you want to go? You want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. He's the only one that's brought the fight to Brock. He's the only one who's disrespected Brock to go in the ring and call Brock Lesnar a coward. Why hasn't anybody else ever called Brock Lesnar a coward? Because they're too afraid to. Why are they so afraid to call Brock Lesnar a coward? Cody did it, and he was fine. I mean, he had to go through hell in his match, but you're going to have a match with Brock Lesnar anyway. You're going to have to go through hell. Why don't you just call him a coward? And the reason you don't call Brock Lesnar a coward is because things happen like things happen on Monday. That, to me, was the punctuation mark. That, to me, was how do we shift momentum? How do we make Cody realize that even though he won, even though Cody won the match at Backlash, how do we make this night of champions match meaningful the only way it's meaningful is if cody was wrong is if cody thought he conquered the beast but was dead wrong hey guys forgive the interruption but i gotta tell you about manscaped you know manscaped that's the group that you already trust with your well with your bits and pieces you know what i'm talking about now you can trust them with your facial hair too yeah they'll be all over that face of yours with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Whether you're rocking the Gandalf look or you don't want any facial hair at all, Manscaped has got you covered. Look at me, I'm so well-groomed. Why, how? Manscaped, that's how. The kit includes the Beard Hedger, which has 20 different hair cutting lengths to give you options, while the titanium-coated T-blade makes the look you want Easy. Yeah, can you believe that? I know you look at me and you go, how long did it take, Sam, to look that good? No time at all. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Manscaped. It's so annoying. You have to mix and match different products, different brands. That's why Manscaped is also throwing in beard shampoo, conditioner, beard oil, balm, a beard brush, comb, scissors, so you'll have everything you need all in one Convenient place. So get 20% off and free shipping with my code, NOTSAM20, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code NOTSAM20. The Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit, the premier solution to face grooming.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely When you shave with Harry's get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at Harry's.com slash blue wire. That's Harry's.com slash blue wire for a $3 trial set.
1: And that's the message that I think Brock delivered to Cody on raw and why I just thought that segment was so great. And why it, it really showed how good at this Brock Lesnar is. And this is a guy who, yeah, was doing it very young. Right out of college, in his 20s. But he left, man. He was over it. He left after WrestleMania 20. He went and tried to play football. He went and became a UFC champion. He went and sat home. He wasn't going anywhere near professional wrestling. He didn't have a kind word to say about anybody in WWE. And then he comes back. And just goes ahead and becomes one of the truly great professional wrestling sports entertainment performers that you could ever hope to see. Uh, When you go over and you talk about promo segments in the last few days, right? You got to go back to SmackDown now, okay? It's just been so many great promos, one after another after another, I guess, promo segments. There's been some physicality too, but you had Edge on Instagram. You had Brock Lesnar with Cody on Raw. And then we get to Friday night SmackDown. And Roman Reigns is finally back. And I mean, Roman Reigns. It is wild that Brock Lesnar is officially in 2023 on a more regular schedule than Roman Reigns. At Night of Champions, Brock Yeah, Brock wrestled the Elimination Chamber come Night of Champions. It'll be the end of May. June's right around the corner. Six months with Brock Lesnar on every single pay-per-view. Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, Backlash, Night of Champions. Five pay-per-views in a row for Brock Lesnar. Meanwhile, my man Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the tribal chief, took the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, retained it at WrestleMania, took his ass home. And the promo went wild for SmackDown. It was, we've got these two massive triple threat matches, World Heavyweight Championship implications. We're going to do the tournament on SmackDown and Roman Reigns is cutting a promo. And it took me right back to the days of of. WWE syndicated TV, WWE superstars wrestling challenge. I'd have it on Saturday and Sunday at noon, but there would be weeks where the headline and next week you have to tune in because Hulk Hogan will be here for a special interview. Hulk Hogan's going to cut a promo on TV. I can't miss this. Roman has that energy now. Kind of amazing. I mean, people I know there are people that are fed up that Roman's not defending his title more often. So much so that WWE is like, whatever. We'll just create a new one. But Roman uh, brings the whole bloodline out there on SmackDown and uh, he berates the Usos. I mean, in an act, when you're talking, we're talking characters here, guys, okay? We're talking about these characters. And what we're witnessing is pure and utter public humiliation from Roman Reigns to the Usos. I mean, to the point where, like, it wasn't just about, oh, you didn't think we were going to talk about you losing in the main event of WrestleMania? Which I love that because I've been saying for so long that the key to the bloodline is that they win. And that's what this whole promo was about. Roman Reigns bringing up Solo Sokoa and saying this was a sink or swim situation for Solo Sokoa. And as it turns out, Solo swims like a shark. But the fact that that the Usos lost at WrestleMania and then they got a rematch on SmackDown and they lost again. If you're paying attention to the bloodline and the story that we've been told, well, it doesn't make any sense that that wouldn't be addressed. So it gets addressed on SmackDown and there's been, I mean, people have been speculating, including myself, you know, here at Not Sam Wrestling, wild speculation is a way of life. I mean, we should start a segment on the podcast called This Week in Wild Speculation. How about This Week in Wild Speculation? I saw on the WWE's YouTube channel, they put up a, a match from an old episode of Monday Night Raw, a complete match, Right? And it was a different logo. It was a it was plain lettering, white bar, and in red text, it just said WWE Raw. And people said, WWE reveals new Monday Night Raw logo. It was not a new Monday Night Raw logo. It was just how they're branding their YouTube. If you had just waited a couple days, you would have seen that they're doing the exact same thing for SmackDown, same white bar, same font except it's blue lettering that says SmackDown. It's not a new SmackDown logo. It's not a new Raw logo. It's just a person saw the thing on YouTube and said, new logo, scoops, wildly speculating. That's what we do here. We wildly speculate. I don't even remember what I was talking about with wild speculation, but point is, that Roman is talking to these Usos, right? And not only is he sitting there and and talking about how they lost, but the pure and utter public humiliation kicks in when he goes, you dedicated your match to me? You dedicated your tag team match to me and you lost? Now, it's logical and standard pro wrestling for a guy to be like, well, you dedicated that match to me and Lost, so now I'm mad at you, right? You saw that one coming a mile away. What is, I feel like, unique to the bloodline is the emotional torture, the emotional damage that Roman Reigns puts these usos through when he goes, I'm not even a tag team wrestler. Why would you dedicate a tag team match to me I'm the greatest singles wrestler of all time why would you dedicate a tag team match to me like like you're the biggest idiot that I've ever heard of the problem is not even just that you lost this match the problem is that you are just so stupid that you would even dedicate that match. even if you had won that match you're such an idiot for dedicating it to me like who can put up with that in real life if you're sitting there trying to relate to these characters and you're going like oh my god if my boss or or a family member or a coach or a teammate came to me and said what are you a stupid idiot ah oh, you'd want to fight right there and jimmy uso did but jay uso steps in and jay and jimmy completely reverse typical roles where at one point Jay was the, was the, was the Uso that couldn't fully control himself and wasn't purely on board. Jay was the one that didn't trust Sammy when the rest of them did. Jay was the one that supported Sammy when the rest of them didn't. But now Jay has learned that lesson. Jay is so traumatized from everything that happened around that Sami Zayn bloodline split, that now Jay is the loyal soldier. Jimmy is the one that steps up after getting pushed in his face, which Roman's face palm shove move is one of the best things ever. But Jay is the one that steps up and he goes, we apologize, we're sorry. And then Roman Not only does he, and Jay goes, just give us one more chance, Roman. Just give us one more chance. And Roman goes, oh, oh, we're bringing the tag team championship home. We're bringing it home. Wise man. And Paul Heyman tells the world the news that at night of champions, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa are going to be competing against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship. And if that wasn't insulting enough to the Usos, the fact that no, we'll just do the job for you. You know how insulting that is to do to somebody? To be like, "Hey, uh, would you mind uh uh doing the You know what? On second thought, you screwed up the last time. I'm just going to do it myself." They're not doing the job themselves simply because it's easier or they know they can do it, it's no problem. They're expressly doing the job themselves because they have no faith that you will get it done properly. That's infuriating to the person on the other side of it. Not only that, but Roman Reigns then dedicates the match to the greatest tag team of all time. Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans, which... Roman says shout-outs to my dad on that one. But, oh, Jimmy and Jay are sitting here thinking Roman is going gonna, is gonna to shout them out. Nope. Not only is Roman expressly saying that you guys are not the greatest tag team of all time and you're not as good as the Wild Samoans were, but you guys are such stupid idiots that you didn't dedicate the match to Your match should have been dedicated to the Wild Samoans. And since you guys are so stupid and can't win main events, I'll go and win this main event with your younger brother, Solo, who's on my side, not yours, and I'll dedicate the match to the people that you should have dedicated the match to to begin with. Oh, oh, if that doesn't just boil your blood. Now, look, I do think that, that, again, part of the draft, I thought was to separate... People, I thought part of drafting Sammy and KO onto Monday Night Raw was to officially pronounce that the Sammy KO bloodline story is over. And it has been over since WrestleMania. That story had a bow put on it when Sammy and KO got their moment. But I guess there is the technicality that they hold both tag team titles so technically they're not exclusive to a brand while they have those titles so technically (laughs) they can still have matches with the bloodline which if they tried to make this about Sammy and KO it'd be exhausting at this point but it's very interesting to me that Roman even said in the promo Sammy and KO are not a problem anymore that's over like we're so over those guys it's done And part of the reason that they're over is because Solo did get the win back, right? I mean, there was a lot of teamwork involved. There were blind tags going on. But ultimately, Solo got the cover over Matt Riddle at Backlash. So they got their victory back. It's over. Now all the bloodline has to do is win the tag team titles. Now, there's two ways to do this. One is that the Usos are there. First of all, very interesting that we're going to have Sami and KO at a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. I don't know that that's happened before. It certainly hasn't, I don't think, happened with Sami. But um, in terms of the story of it, where do we go with the tag team championship? Well, either, and this is the, this is the simplest way, the Usos come in, try to interfere on the Bloodline's behalf, they screw it up solo takes a pin he's already taken one from Cody solo takes a pin and that's it and then the bloodline don't win the tag team championship and now the the rivalry between solo and roman and the usos continues to grow either way you cut this this isn't a, this truly is not about sammy and ko if sammy and ko win the story is still the tension within the bloodline. And if Sammy and KO lose, the story is not they need to get the tag title back. The story is, how did we get this done and you couldn't, Usos? Because I could see it happening. I could see Roman Reigns. And if you can't see this happening, you haven't been watching. How do we get Roman Reigns out of the picture of the World Heavyweight Championship? We've got this new World Heavyweight Championship. We want it to not be about Roman Reigns. How do we make it not about Roman Reigns? Put more belts on him. That's how you do it. Give him other belts. Have him add more belts to his collection of belts. Have Roman, you know, if Roman won the World Heavyweight Championship somehow, he'd have three belts. But if he wins the Tag Team Championship, he'll have four belts. And can you imagine the tension that would exist if the Usos, even if they help them, if the Usos help them win and Roman and Solo do win, the story is still, I mean, the Usos are in a no-win situation here because if Roman and Solo walk out of Night of Champions, and I think they probably will, (laughs) with the Undisputed Tag Team Championship, then guess what? They did something the Usos couldn't do at WrestleMania. And Roman was right. And they become the weak links of the bloodline. Nobody in the bloodline is losing all of 2022. No one in the bloodline was losing. No one ever. And now this? Usos are are stuck. But think about it. I mean, look. I think that... It's going to depend, I'm going to make this prediction, it'll depend on match order. If you're watching Night of Champions and Seth and AJ go on last, then that's probably because, like if you hear the Bloodline music play before Seth and AJ have had their match, then the Bloodline is probably going to lose. But if Seth and AJ have that match, And we haven't seen the tag team championship match. If the tag team championship match is the match that main events that show. You have to imagine the visual that we're, what's the most compelling visual to go out on. You have to imagine the visual that we're going out on is solo and Roman holding more belts and the Usos just kind of have to look at them like, "Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, you did it now. I think if Solo and Roman win the tag team championship, it'll be easier to split up the tag team titles than it was for the world title for sure. Clearly at some point, something is going to happen with these titles. I would assume after Night of Champions because Bianca Belair is on SmackDown, but she's still the Raw champion. Rhea Ripley is on Raw, but she's still the SmackDown champion. And the tag team championship is still unified. So I would imagine after Night of Champions, there's going to be some housekeeping done. And I would not be surprised if Roman and Solo win the Unified Tag Team Championship and then the title gets split and they blame the the brand split on it. That the Raw Tag Team Championship goes back to Monday Night Raw and now there's going to be a, a a tournament for it or something like that, right? And I know you're saying another tournament. We just had a vacant world heavyweight championship, but I don't necessarily know if it's such a bad thing, because that means that we're putting a whole new fresh coat of paint on Monday Night Raw, where we're this is how we're getting new champions in. This is how we're telling new stories. This is how we are putting on a bloodline-free show and creating our own champions. You know, I, 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 I. Th- I still think eventually we're going to get to Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. We're going to get maybe a a Solo versus Jimmy. Maybe you have those two matches. Maybe at SummerSlam. Maybe it'll take longer than SummerSlam to get there. I still think eventually when all is said and done, when it's time for Roman to lose the title and it's time for Roman to turn babyface, we're going to get Solo versus Roman. I've always said, and you can go back to my many, many podcasts. I've said for months that the ultimate destination in the Bloodline story is Solo Sokoa versus Roman Reigns with Solo Sokoa as the monster heel and this is how Roman can finally turn babyface again. And Solo may be the one who finally takes the title off Roman, eventually, no time soon. But on the way there, It might be a little messy, but I feel like we're leaving Night of Champions with Roman Reigns having four titles stacked on top of him, and he's shown up to SmackDown after Night of Champions looking like Ultimo Dragon, holding WWE hostage, and the Usos having to support their team, realizing that they have lost any and all leverage that they ever had. Um, those were kind of the big stories of the week for me. I feel like next week, the big story is going to be this AEW TV deal. Lots of rumors flying around about the AEW TV deal, that something's going to be announced with uh, with Warner. Tony Khan on Dynamite last week said there was a big announcement coming this week. Last time there was a big announcement, it was Wembley Stadium. Since then, 60,000 tickets have been sold. in An incredible success by any metric you measure it on. The heavy, 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 heavy rumor is a show called Collision is coming Saturday nights at eight o'clock and that it will have a different feel from Dynamite and possibly a different roster. I would imagine it won't be a, a hard roster split difference, but I would imagine that there will kind of be this, this, this public knowledge that, the Island of Misfit Toys go to Saturday nights to put on the show that they always thought they were capable of. I think the reason why on Wednesday you had Miro going into Tony Khan's office and you had Thunder Rosa going into Tony Khan's office is that that's the beginning of the seeds being planted for the stars of Saturday night. I think uh, Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer reported that the first episode of Collision is going to be called The Second Coming. Of course, the first episode of Rampage was called uh, The First Dance, a playoff of Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. That was in Chicago. That was the night that CM Punk returned to professional wrestling and sent everything on its head for what was it, a year and a half, two years, or however long it was. Now, I think the the the, the next impossibility is that CM Punk returns to AEW and that this Saturday Night Collision show is launched featuring CM Punk, Miro, Thunder Rosa. That's where an Andrade may show up again. That's where all these people that are under contract with AEW but don't necessarily have a home on on Wednesday, either for political reasons or for overcrowding reasons or whatever it is, go to shine. I don't know if Rampage stays around or not. I'm assuming if it does, That'll be kind of a a spot where up and comers go. Maybe one main event match, and then other maybe like a Sunday Night Heat type of feel. But I'm really interested to see how they package this. I, I I hope for AEW's sake that they don't do a hard draft or a hard roster split. I hope that they don't put rules on it. I think that the last thing that you need is is rules put on it. Where nope. If you're on Collision, you can't be on Dynamite. If you're on Dynamite, you can't be on Collision, two separate rosters. I think that, that, that AEW fans are smart enough to be aware of who's on what show. And I think you can kind of wink at the fact that, look, the, the reason these two separate shows exist is because our locker room doesn't get along. And that's how you build that Sean Brett tension that Tony Khan loves. Tony Khan has, has said in interviews that he likes when when real tension bubbles over into storylines. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan. Tony Khan grew up, when a lot of us grew up, loving all of this stuff that was a blur between reality and fiction, the whole NWO storyline and and, and and all of it. And there is good to be had. And if you can split your locker room like that and you don't have to worry about the real issues and you can just go out there on TV and tell stories, more power to you. It'll be interesting to see. And I'm really looking forward to getting the finally getting the official announcement and finding out next month what's happening and if we're getting another two hour wrestling show that's going to be essential watching right now essential watching is Raw SmackDown Dynamite NXT and you know this is this is kind of how everything gets ranked those those four shows I think are probably essential. But you can get away without watching Rampage. You can get away, you know, and then the other stuff is preferences. Impact, independent stuff, Ring of Honor. And, and Rampage is in that pool. Can you convince us that Collision is not in that pool? Give us a hell of a roster, including CM Punk, Miro, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. I think you can. Looking at the news and notes before we get to uh, emails of the week. Um while we're talking about uh, AEW, Don Callis, of course, turned on Kenny Omega on uh, on on Dynamite this week, and I I don't I wonder where that's going. I think that uh, the reaction that the fans had was great to it. Um, I can't imagine that Don Callis is siding with the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I think it made sense when William Regal was with them, but quite frankly, I don't know that the Blackpool Combat Club. Needs a mouthpiece, right? I actually think Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is that mouthpiece that Brian Danielson, you know, Mox kind of does what Mox does, right? And I, you know, Cesaro is not a mouthpiece. Cesaro does his talking in the ring. So I kind of feel like, especially Brian on commentary, Brian is money. So I kind of feel like he is the mouthpiece of the group. So maybe this has nothing to do with Blackpool Combat Club. You know, maybe this is more about Takashida. Maybe for whatever reason he's being turned heel. You know, it was Don Callis who got the elite to warm up to Takashita. So or Takeshida. So maybe uh uh the idea is that Takeshida is gonna have a rivalry with uh with with the elite. I don't know. I'm following it though. I'm interested to see where it goes. And and while we were talking about tag teams on SmackDown, let me tell you something, okay? I'm watching SmackDown Lowdown, and I see uh, LA Knight making fun of the Street Profits seemingly out of nowhere and introducing his new tag team partner, Rick Boogs. And I get it. It's totally out of nowhere. Wait, like, what? Why? There was no explanation, but there was an acknowledgement. The Street Profits seemed as confused as all of us watching at home were. And I think that there is this thing about L.A. Knight where the powers that be see him as a person to get other people over, whether it's maximum male models, whether it was the Mountain Dew match with Bray Wyatt, or whether now it's using him to get Rick Boogs over. And a lot of people were commenting on on, on this being some kind of a burial. A lot of people were commenting that this was, this was not cool to do to L.A. Knight, that why L.A. Knight's gotten himself over why are you sticking him with stuff like this? And I'm going, the low key slander of Rick Boogs has got to stop. Can you imagine how this guy feels? Nobody's specifically sitting there saying terrible things about Rick Boogs, but they're all going like, we love LA Knights so much. How can you do this to him? Excuse me. Rick Boogs is a man who may have a lot of muscle but he's got feelings, too. The implications that you are making about Rick Boogs when you say things like this are totally unkind. Just not cool, bro. Not cool. You know what is cool? The most popular segment in the history of podcasts right now, the Not Sam Wrestling email segment, if you want to email not Sam wrestling hit me at notsamwrestling at gmail.com that's not Sam wrestling at gmail.com a lot of uh uh great feedback uh week to week on this I know that SDL Steph DeLander is a big fan of the email segment put up a clip on Twitter this week she said she loved it loved it send in your uh questions for not Sam wrestling and I will field them at the end of every show, not at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a rating for the podcast as well. Leave us a, re- a rating on Apple and on Spotify. Leave us a review as well on Apple. And if you're watching on YouTube, where you can get the entire podcast every single week, don't forget to leave a comment and hit like and subscribe to the channel. Um, we also just uploaded in its entirety... Uh, the Not Sam live show Not Sam-a-mania live from the Comedy Store Santos Escobar Joaquin Wild Dolph Ziggler Baron Corbin X-Pac Medusa Kathy Kelly Mike Rome Chris Van Vliet all of it all there what an extravaganza Will Sasso everybody there it was the place to be and now you can watch it uh, for free over at youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling the whole show is up watch it enjoy it Uh, Spend some time with it when you get a chance because it's great. Oh, and we got some merch coming. We got some exclusive merch coming uh, within the next couple weeks. Keep your ears peeled to NotSam.com because we'll have a limited merch drop. Hint, hint. Hope you like the new summer logo. Hint, hint. Look at those colors. Hint, hint. Let's go to the emails. NotSamWrestling at gmail.com. Uh, Zach says, Hey Sam, I'm an every week listener, but the question is, who do you want to see as Gunther's next challenger? And who do you want to see as Austin Theory's next challenger? Keep up the good work, pal. Um, well, I, I, you know, originally I thought Austin Theory's next challenger should be, uh, LA Knight and have kind of a babyface turn coming, but it doesn't seem like they're going in that direction with LA Knight. Um, I think edge could be really interesting if you're not going to go straight with edge and Roman, which why would you? I think edge, you know, Austin theory, cause Austin theory has been doing this thing. And if you watch the, uh, bump, uh, uh, backlash post show that we did in the promo that Austin theory did, he talks about wanting to almost wanting to be a mentor, wanting to teach people things. So the idea that this young kid thinks that he knows more than everybody else and, you know, uh, Edge has this wealth of experience. I feel like Edge and Austin Theory could be a nice little program. And, you know, that could be a title run that Edge has. Maybe you do that whole Edge story, except you do it with the United States Championship instead of the World Heavyweight Championship. That's possible. Um, And then for Gunter, Gunter? um, You know, I can't be Cody, unfortunately, because... Cody can't lose. And also, even if he won, he's the Intercontinental Champion. He wanted the WWE Championship. Um, I don't know. You know, the Judgment Day is heels. Uh, next challenge, next big challenger for Gunther. Well, I'll have to think about that. Let me get back to you. Maybe before the podcast is over, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, Yo, know, Sam Eraldo here. Uh, seeing that, that it is Roman's story, thank you for listening, What do you think uh, is the way forward for him? Does this mean he will be immune to cash ins? Because right now I don't think that there are compelling compelling storylines left with guys that are super over besides Dom. LOL. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think I addressed this earlier. You know, I think event, the eventuality is Jay and then eventually solo, but you'll have AJ Styles. You'll have Bobby Lashley. You'll have edge again at some point. So I know I think there are people for Roman. Um, Let's see, this one is from uh, Greg, Greg! Sam, I wanted to hear your opinion on a pitch I had for perhaps the undercard and midcard belts. A popular trope in video games is to do seasonal content, like Fortnite and a few other video games. uh, There will be a period of time that will introduce certain themes and gimmicks that culminate in an end-of-season event spectacular. What if WWE or AEW did a similar thing? I'm drawing inspiration from WMAC Masters and Lucha Underground here. First of all, shout out to WMAC Masters, okay? I am so glad that people are emailing in referencing WMAC Masters. If you don't know about WMAC Masters, then do your research, do your homework, because I am a mark, a Mizark for WMAC Masters. But just more hoops for wrestlers to jump through to get title shots reintroduced old stipulation matches to new fans as well. For example, just maybe Gunther tells whoever, if you want to have a shot at my title, you must beat a handicap match against some small frame jobbers. Then my Imperium boy A in a strict pure wrestling rules match. Uh, Just a thought. Love your show. You're a genius. Don't roast me. I'm sensitive from Greg. All right, Greg. Uh, I won't roast you because I get what you're saying, but it sounds like it's kind of what MJF has done at least twice now in AEW, right? When first MJF made Jericho go through, who was it? Didn't he have to go through Wardlow? He had to go through Nick Gage. He had to go through Juventud Guerrera. And then he did it again. Who did he do it to last? Where it's like, you have a a series of matches that you have to beat before you get to me. Um, When it works, it works. I don't mind it. You know, I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't think it's something you can do regularly, and I don't think it's something you can do seasonally. But, you know, and I hope MJF doesn't do it again because he's already done it twice. But, yeah, I mean, I think with Gunther, I don't like that example specifically because I think Gunther is not a gimmicks guy. The mat is sacred. So... He's just going to do what he's going to do. He's going to go and he's going to have the match. Gunther is somebody who likes to compete and likes defending the title. Austin Theory, forcing it along. I mean, it also is like, who's pulling the strings here? Because then it's almost like Roman could get away with doing it, right? Roman's getting to the point now where he's not even on TV every week anymore. He's clearly calling his own shots. So maybe Roman can get to a place where it's like, before you can even talk to him, you've got to beat several people. I could see Roman doing something like that. I don't know about these other champions. Um, Okay, Matthew has a question about the Ultimate Show. I like the fantasy booking on Ultimate Show. It's a great show, but I was curious if you guys are not allowed to use some wrestlers because they work for different companies. You guys stopped using Sasha, Jericho, Ambrose, and others. I could be wrong, but I don't think you guys uh, ever used my favorite wrestler, Owen Hart, because of legal reasons. Thank you. It's never been specifically said. I think Owen Hart came up on a show recently. I don't know. It's never been specifically said, but it's just kind of one of those things, I guess. Um, Mark writes in, Hey Sam, how do you feel about Kevin Patrick on commentary? He doesn't connect for me. It seems like he's trying too hard to play the part. I know the job isn't easy, but in an era of phenomenal commentators like Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, Booker T, Wade Barrett, and even Samoa Joe a few years ago, it doesn't seem like Patrick believes what he's doing like those greats do. Maybe I'm being too nitpicky, but Kevin Patrick doesn't cut the mustard. I'd replace him with you and Conrad Thompson for a three-person booth Booth with Graves in a heartbeat. Do I still have your attention? All right, Mark, first of all, flattery will get you everywhere. These are all great ideas. I'm kidding. Um, I think that, that something that a lot of people don't recognize are the roles that commentators have, right? Michael Cole is the GOAT. He just is. This is a guy who has been... at the commentator's booth for WWE longer than anybody's ever done it. Michael Cole is in his pocket right now. There ain't no one in the industry coming anywhere near Michael Cole as far as a play-by-play commentator goes. Play-by-play commentary for wrestling, and WWE specifically, when done well, is a very difficult thing to pull off. Not only are you calling... The action, not only are you explaining to people at home that may watch every week, but you're also explaining to people at home who are watching for the first time. You are selling forward, whatever the sell is going forward. You are explaining the story as it goes. It's not just the action, it's the context of the action. You're explaining the what and the who and the why. And between the matches, you got to set up the where. Only thing you're not talking about is how, because nobody cares how you got to the arena to begin with. They're going to assume it was a plane and an automobile. Everybody else you just mentioned, Graves, McAfee, Booker, Wade, Samoa Joe, those are color commentators. That's a different role. Kevin Patrick is not in the same position as Graves, McAfee, Booker, Wade, or Joe. Those are all color commentators. Those are analysts that are there to provide insight based on their own personal experience, most of them as wrestlers, McAfee, as somebody who's had a couple matches and as a professional athlete. So that is also not a a fair comparison to make to Kevin Patrick. I think that Kevin Patrick is a sports play-by-play man who is learning this wrestling thing. And I will tell you that Kevin Patrick is working. Harder than you can imagine on being as good as he possibly can at this insane world. There is no job on earth like being a WWE broadcaster. You can't, it's just not a relatable skill set to anything else. It's its own entity. And so there is a learning curve. I think that the best that we can do as fans is afford people learning curves and not judge them on whether they're like Michael Cole, the greatest of all time to ever do it. But are they improving? This is how we should be looking at guys like Kevin Patrick at a Jimmy Smith, for example, that was before Kevin Patrick, at people who are sitting down at that broadcast booth for the very first time. Are they getting better? If they are getting better, we should allow them the opportunity to get better. The only time that I get frustrated with commentators or any broadcasters in any field is when they're not getting better. Then I'm like, come on, dude, you got to take this seriously. But there has never been a time where I look at somebody like Kevin Patrick and go, he doesn't take it seriously. He takes it extremely seriously. He's a hell of a bloke too. Uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. What did you write me a novel here, Adam? Uh, Adam says, big fan of the pod with Roman's historic reign." Him losing the title has to be a star maker match moment. Yeah, I know. I'm all for Cody finishing the story. So would not be uh, against seeing him win. it. Okay, whatever. As far as a new superstar, I think the best candidate would be Gunther instead of Solo. I feel like Solo needs to break off from the bloodline to make a name for himself to prove he could beat the guy on his own. Solo is literally undefeated. There is nothing about Solo where he still needs to prove himself. Breaking off from the bloodline only to come back to the bloodline is not, I mean, narratively, I don't even understand that. Once uh, uh, Gunther, which Gunther has already been doing, once Gunther can prove, can have a program with Lesnar and ultimately win those series of matches, he'll be ready to dethrone reigns, kind of like what they're already doing with Cody, LOL. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can look at the Roman story traditionally, right? I think that the, here's the problem with Gunther. Gunther is going to be a baby face if he beats Roman, right? Uh, and Gunther is not your top baby face. You don't want Gunther to be your top baby face. You want him to be a monster heel that's tearing everybody apart. If Roman turns baby face because Gunther is after him, everybody's going to cheer Gunther and everyone's going to boo Roman. It's not going to work. Roman dethroning or Gunther dethroning Roman makes Gunther a baby face. Solo dethroning Roman makes Roman a baby face. That's why for me, Solo eventually, not anytime soon, but eventually works better than Gunther because it's like that launching pad launches Solo into super heel territory, which Solo can do a lot with. Gunther being launched into super babyface territory. I don't think that's where Gunther should be personally. Um, what do you think about this as another candidate for Cody? So yeah, that's why it doesn't work for me. Also wondering um, what you think about this Reign should never be able to beat Rollins throughout their history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, every time Rollins is won, Yeah. Look, if you're going to have somebody beat Roman and be a babyface about it, I think it should be Rollins. I would also, you know, if if Solo isn't the guy, I would love to see Rollins beat Roman. Roman goes away. Cody attacks Rollins. Cody turns heel because Rollins finished Cody's story. And Cody goes on a crazed quest to finish the story with Rollins as champion. I'm fine with that. Rollins wins the world heavyweight title, loses it before the end of the year. Wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Roman Reigns, beats Roman Reigns. Night after WrestleMania, Cody attacks Rollins. Does that answer your question? I got to spell it out for you. Kyle says, "Sam, people have been talking about Roman Reigns turning face to continue his title run, and I believe you have even suggested this. How would you? Why are you said that? How I would turn Roman." But I don't think it's to continue his title run. Roman turning babyface is to end his title run, not to continue it. Shiamo. You love a ranking. Rank these four crowd reactions Bad Bunny at Backlash, Triple H at Madison Square Garden, Edge at uh, Rumble. Wow. Sammy in Montreal. Okay. It goes number four, Edge at the Rumble. Number three, Bad Bunny at Backlash. Number two, Sami Zayn in Montreal. Number one, Triple H in Madison Square Garden. And I may be biased because I was at Madison Square Garden. But that's right now just and off totally off the top of my head. That's where they're landing for me. Uh, Dylan, Sam, it seems like uh we'll see Riddle versus Gunther after the tag team met. Yeah, Gunther. Uh, Riddle. Riddle's probably a good next challenger for Gunther. Um I'm sure there's a more enticing match uh matchup right now. Okay, well, sorry. After the tag match on Raw, right? Okay, sure, but is there a more enticing matchup right now than Gunther versus Dom? Why are you guys so so keen on making Gunther a babyface? Where do you go long-term with Gunther as a babyface right now? Give Gunther some time to breathe that beautiful heel air. No, I don't want to see Gunther versus Dom. I mean, I, I think it'll kill Dom's heat event afterwards. I, you know, where does Dom go after that? And where does Gunther go after that? At the time? Sure. But after that, Gunther's a babyface all of a sudden. And Dom has nowhere to go. Also, if Edge does get the medium gold belt after... Okay, I'm not doing this. Uh, Marsh. Oh, Marsh. First-time caller, long-time listener. You may recognize me from YouTube comments or the Discord. I under Yeah, Marsh. With the big issue being the concern that the new World Heavyweight Championship of the world of RAW, you're a smartass, being seen in second place. Uh, I think what would make the most sense is simple. At Night of Champions, about 20 minutes into the match between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, you have Roman Reigns come out with Paul Heyman and a contract that he signs. He could wear the show-up-and-win shirt. And they do, they could do Payback 2020 meets Roman stack them. Roman comes in. I don't, I'm gonna take, I'm not reading the rest of the email, Marsh. This is dumb. Don't waste my time. Toya, Toya, save me, Toya. Sam, what's the haps? Huge fan. I was curious about your thoughts on having the women's tag titles exclusive to Raw since there are more teams there. Also, would you be opposed to having a secondary women's exclusive to SmackDown? By the way, I loved all your takes and truly become one of my favorite podcasts. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Toya. Um, I think that they, I've said this before. I think that, that they have to increase the importance on the women's division. I'm not opposed to that scenario, right? I'm not opposed. I, I And I, I think I've said this before, but like, If you told me, okay, we're making the women's tag title exclusive to Raw, what are we putting on SmackDown? I would bring back the European Championship and make it exclusive to women. I would make it so that the European Championship was now the women's secondary title on SmackDown. But all that said, the key to making these secondary titles, whether it's the tag team title or the European title, exclusive to shows, is increasing the importance of the mid-card of the women's division. I think right now, WWE does a very good job of making the main event of the women's division important. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Charlotte, Rhea, these are huge stars. But right under that, there's a big dip. I think that they would have to commit to the idea of making these matches important, which they should anyway. And if they can do that, then yes, bring me a secondary title. But don't don't bring the title first. Show me, treat your women's mid card with such an importance that you're watching the show going, it doesn't make sense that there's not another title here. We are lacking without that title. Don't use the title to make that division important. Use the division to make the title a necessity. And then, yes, give Raw the tag title, give SmackDown the Women's European Championship. Finally, Austin, this is Gunther's future. Everybody loves Gunther, man. I, I love it. Last week, you talked about a few superstars that were absent from the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. One name that I am thinking that you didn't mention at all is Gunther. Now, uh, uh, I have to believe the main reason Gunther's out of the world title picture is because of the Intercontinental Champion. Obviously, this week on Raw, it's been advertised that Gunther will make his debut. What if on his first night, the undefeated Gunther defends against Dominic Mysterio? Are you kidding me? He's not a baby face. Why do you want Gunther to be a good guy? He's a bad guy. That's the whole appeal. Due to some chicanery from the Judgment Day, Mysterio beats Gunther. Then Dominic and Rhea could be a power couple holding both championships. This would also set up a feud that could last the first half of the summer between the Judgment Day and a babyface Imperium. If it takes Gunther all summer to beat Dominic Mysterio, then why the hell did we leave him undefeated for that long? Dominic Mysterio is not the mountain that you can't conquer. And what about Imperium? What about Giovanni Vinci and and Ludwig Geiser scream babyface to you? Are you crazy? At this point in time, I believe Seth will beat AJ to become the world heavyweight champion. Bah, 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 bah. Logan Paul, money in the bank. Let's say he does. Then at SummerSlam, Seth versus Gunther for the world title. How would Gunther get a shot at Seth for the world title if he's been losing to Dominic Mysterio all summer? You just skip all that? And just like Seth did at WrestleMania 31, Logan cashes in during the match to make it a triple threat. Pins Seth to become champion. Gunther and Logan is your next rivalry. Austin, if you're not going to take these emails seriously, I may just eliminate the whole segment. The things that you just said were crazy. Come on, man. Flesh that out for a while. Really think about that. I feel like maybe you were caffeinated. Maybe you were under the influence of something else. I don't don't know. And I don't judge that either, by the way. You do what you do. But don't email me while you're doing it. Because you say crazy things. And then people are scared to email because they get roasted. And that's not the environment I want. This is a safe space. This is a welcoming environment. But if I don't like your ideas, I'm going to tell you I don't like your ideas. I like some of them. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget, if you're listening, reviews and ratings. If you're watching, subscribe, like, tell your friends. Appreciate you guys. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And we will see you next time right here on Not Sam Wrestling. Keep tuned to all the social media. Merch announcements coming, yes, yes, yes.